RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Tuesday morning is Tech Tuesday here at Reality Check Radio. Stephen Sykes is back with me. Hi, Stephen. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Plenty to get through um, today or this morning. First up, let's look at some of the communication that's come in from listeners, probably related to the last show, because I think we talked about EVs giving away, you know, well, what not to just, in your car, sex yeah, toys, no. communicating with base <laughs> or whatever. There are a whole lot of things. Um, so uh, what's come in the email and texts? Yep. So um, it wasn't just EVs. It was just car companies in general. Oh, so, sorry. Yeah, cars. Yeah, cars. Yeah, just cars in general. So somebody asked, was Mazda on the list or not on the list? And correct, Mazda did not feature on Mozilla's top 25 list of creepiness with cars. Um, Ooh, okay. Maybe maybe that means that um, they just didn't consider Mazda or maybe Mazda was number 26 on the list. Um, we don't really know. So we can't read anything into that necessarily. Like, I think I'll buy a Mazda. That would be the way I'd look at it too, yeah. It's a good marketing angle though, eh? We won't um, breach your data or send anything back to base or something like that. But then you need to follow through with it. Otherwise, it's just words. Yeah, true. Words um, are enough for a lot of people, though. You know, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so, when do you mean they else... telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> somebody else did did or did also say that you know the flatter tires do use more fuel and wear into you on the tire. So, yes. Um, as yeah, I'm but saying, but that's the responsibility of the car owner. Okay, we're not here to save the yes. car owner and their tire use here. You know, that's their business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, somebody I mean, what are you going to do? Flag someone off the road? Oh, it looks like your back pressure's down a bit, mate. Just thought I'd flag you down and tell you. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Nearly call, yeah. cause a nose to tail doing it. Okay. Yeah, all these conveniences of the modern modern world. Yep. All right. Um, uh, anything else? Um, so somebody has asked about the government push on EVs um, onto us, how they're going to run the big container ships with batteries. Imagine the charging battery running ship. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly the nature of the question. Um, I mean, could they ever do it? I think, I think, I, I think, yeah, having a ship um, run on batteries, um, I think you need a I don't know how they'd create that kind Giant, of thing. The whole ship would be a battery, wouldn't it? Pretty much, because um, this person is wondering, you know, like if the current draw of charging a ship, given the massive distance they need to travel. And the horsepower. With, and yep. Yeah, the horsepower um, that they'd need. So um, who knows um, the way that the battery technology constantly evolves, like anything else we've ever had, Will get smaller, lighter, cheaper, better. But you wouldn't um, want that sinking to the bottom of the ocean, would you? Not really. Well, you would need to take absolute precautions to make sure those kinds of things were absolutely sealed. Yeah. And properly you never, sealed. You never do 100%. Um, could you, I mean, it wouldn't be a perpetual motion machine, but uh, I wonder if you could have an electric ship, obviously with battery storage, but up mm. on the top of the deck, huge windmills, that as you go along, turn and feed back into the generation. Yeah, or you could, you know, um, maybe teach a few dolphins to pull you along and, like, there's um, some snapper for it at the end if you're good. 
<laughs> Good luck with that one. <laughs> you need millions of them all in harness together. Yeah. Okay. Or, yep. There's, uh, there's, there's one more item of feedback. And I'll okay, save, yep. save this to last. And um, it's a, a story from Jenny. Thank you so much for your story, Jenny. I loved it. I laughed my ass off reading yeah. it. It was so funny. And I've tried to read it out loud many times because I'm not sure if I can read it out on air without bursting into laughter. Um, okay. But I'm I'm going to do my best. That's but, that's um, the challenge right now, Steve. Yeah. So we'll see how well I do or how poorly I do. So, Jenny writes: On Friday last, I was driving into Auckland on the motorway in my 2006 Peugeot 307, which has an aftermarket reversing camera wired, and with a screen on the dash. Normally, the camera only comes on when the car's in reverse. As I drove at 100 kilometers an hour, the camera came on. Now, this is when I start to lose the plot. Yep. The camera came on with two horses and a float that was traveling. Surprised me. I looked behind to see where the horses were, but nothing there. This reaction was quite funny. Then I noticed a car and float up ahead, half a kilometer away. As I caught up to it, I realized it was the horses and float on my screen. The camera is wired to the screen, so it was very confusing as the car doesn't have Bluetooth. I got ahead of the car and float, and the image eventually disconnected when I was a kilometer or more away. Thought I'd share with today's conversation about vehicle privacy. Love your show, Jenny. So was some other vehicle feeding their picture to her monitor? What I think happened is that the uh, vehicle towing the horse float would have had a camera on it watching the horses so the uh, owner could uh, keep an eye on them. And that would have been a wireless connection probably. Yep. So the length of wire between uh, Jenny's uh, aftermarket head unit and the camera probably acted like an antenna. Ah. On the same frequency, um, by chance, as the wireless camera that's in the horse float. And as she got closer, it picked up the signal, which confused her um, aftermarket camera unit to start displaying the image. And then when she got further away, it disappeared. Okay. Otherwise, it's freaky. Well, it's freaky. it is absolutely freaky. And um, it's, I can. As I was reading her message for the first time and I was imagining the story in my head, <laughs> like, what? Why are there horses on my, on my screen? It my... gets your attention, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. and But that um, should tell you that if you're using wireless cameras and you can easily see an image on them, then you need to start thinking about what kind of cameras you might have in your house, thinking you've got security cameras. Good point. Good point. So if if somebody can accidentally tune into an image, then what can someone who's trying to do it on purpose achieve? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant story. Sorry, who was the um who wrote that in? Uh a lady called Jenny. Jenny, that's fantastic. Okay. I got um, a kick out of that. It's um, like hearing something through the baby monitor, you know, like some voice like, I'm in here. Or, or uh, uh, politicians have a speech and um, the microphone gets left on and then they say something of consequence. The old hot mic. Yeah. Yep. All right, to um, some of the news stories around or catching up on some of the things we've talked about, did you get to the bottom of the trade me issue? 
Yeah, I got a reply from them eventually, and I didn't find their um, reply terribly helpful, and I let them know that. They were basically saying, um, just turn off your VPN and you'll be fine. So I wrote back and said, hang on, you're asking me to decrease my security in order to try and match yours? Oh, I don't. <laughs> great comeback. I don't think so. Um, and and I, I added on that while I get you are trying to um, protect the accounts of people for which you have information on, I think you need to go back and have another think about the implementation of what you're trying to achieve. Oh, a bit of a finger-wagging reply from Stephen Sykes there. Have you heard anything back, or is that where it's at at the moment? Um, well, I, I clicked on the button that said dissatisfied with the response because you could say that you're happy or you were not, so I said that I wasn't, and I said why. And I was trying to be constructive and like, well, you know, I don't think it's okay that you can say to people, turn off your VPN. No. No, because who are they to be telling you that? Yeah, well, like if your users are trying to protect themselves and then the company says, well, you need to turn off. Well, what's your... it to them anyway? Well, they're trying to restrict um, people within New Zealand using TradeMe and, or, uh, and Australia, I think. And I thought, well, hang on, my IP address fits that category. So I think okay. that's why I think the implementation could do with some honest work. All right, so... Okay, thanks for updating us there. What else were we talking about? Mozilla, has there been any news about Microsoft coming back to them and uh, informing them of what uh, the data use is? I think we talked about that last time. Yeah, um, absolutely squat. They've, oh, okay. not, they've not heard a peep, so they're wanting uh, Microsoft to, to clear up, you know, are you using customer data to train your AI? And Microsoft have not got back to them yet if they will at all. That probably tells you what you need to know, though. I think so. Yeah. Proton Mail. Oh, boy, some people are going to, I don't know if you're going to love me or hate me after this. So a long time ago, we talked about email and VPNs, and I expressed my concerns around Proton because they tend to ask for your phone number and also, which I think is a... Um, an issue all by itself, and then at the same time, they publish a uh, standard disclosure. It's a transparency report where they list the um, numbers of incidences where uh, various authorities have come to them for information on their users and the ones they've pushed back on and the ones they haven't. Um, so that's a red flag for me. But um, I think this next one's going to... Um, sink like a stone. So if you are of the opinion where you wish to avoid forums of an economic nature having a world influence, you can read between the lines there. I know the one you mean. You know the one I mean. So you might like to not know that there is an association between said three-letter acronym that I mysteriously um, defined and Proton Mail. So if you don't believe me, and I suggest you don't, in your favorite search engine, which is not Google, Yahoo, or Bing, type in WEF Proton with a space in between, and you'll come up with a website, weforum.org forward slash organizations forward slash Proton, and you can read all about it. So are they a member company or associated company, are they? They are, yes, they're an associated organization. So if you're wishing to avoid those 
that kind of forum, then you might want to go shopping for a different email provider. Isn't Proton the go-to for like freedom types? It seems to be, and I have said a, f- a few times to different people in different conversations that it might not be as squeaky clean as you you think. And uh, I think the fact that they're mentioned on their said website that uh, it probably says it all. But it's up to you to decide what you want. I'm just letting you know that it's there. Well, I think a lot of people who use Proton Mail would not like that association. Is my gut feel? Yep. I'd be right there, wouldn't I? I think uh, you just very well might be. But Proton must know that too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they'll they know that they're listed and because all kinds of associations will, in conversations um, will have been had, so they probably would see this as a good thing. We have penetrated the Proton Mail. Something like that. Old Klausi was heard saying. All right. Well, thanks for for letting us know about that. What's the Mexican government been doing? So a little while ago, um, a few uh, phone companies such as Samsung, Motorola, ZTE and Oppo um, clamped down on some Mexican users because people had been buying them from uh, grey markets, so not approved um, channels like you know, company stores and things like that. Grey market's not illegal at all. It's just that you might have got it from, you know, parallel imported or maybe you bought it from AliExpress, that kind of thing. And so what's happened is, or what did happen, was that these companies, particularly Samsung, locked people out of their phones. So they basically reached in and disabled a person from being able to use their phone with the exception of emergency calls. So okay. basically, yep. this means that those companies had held your data in your phone, well, sorry, your data in the phone that you purchased, which isn't yours because if a company can reach in and take it over, then it ain't yours. Yeah, because you can't access it, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If someone else can go through a back door and shut you out, it's, it never was yours. It's just an illusion of ownership. Yeah, so, it totally is. You're right. I mean, how cheeky is that? How how bold is that? How do they know which phone though to you know to do it fiddle around with? Yeah. So all phones have an IMEI, which is an international mobile equipment identity. So all phones have um, a unique ID, and messages that pop up on people's phones telling them that you may not be um, your device may not be an approved phone for your region. So if the phone with an IMEI pops up in Mexico or somewhere else like that that's not approved, then the phone's going to know. The operating system will know. And so Samsung users got warned that um, on the 11th of October, your phone would be no more. It would be dead. This includes not being able to open applications and do stuff. Some of the other providers just kept giving you nag messages, just kept telling you, but um, didn't do anything else. And then October 19th, the um, Federation Institute of Telecommunications in Mexico issued a statement with a media effect telling the companies to stop it because it was violating consumer laws. Oh, that's good. Okay. And they did? They did yep. stop it? Samsung, you know, the usual, uh, uh, shall we say, political-worded 
uh, saying things like, we will work with authorities to, you know, do the oh, yeah, yeah, because... things. The, the usual yeah. dribble uh, yeah. of words. They're saying something when you're not really saying something. Yes. Way of saying things, yeah. Try, trying to double down. So what were they offering or were they trying to um, force uh, users of phones bought in grey markets to what? Pay some extra or yes, okay, yeah. So like, if if your phone ended up being disabled, then that means you had to t- take it into somewhere to get it restored. Well, not restored, but uh, to get it activated again. Yeah, which means you have to pay money. So basically, because you'd bought these phones from other unapproved places, uh, and when I say approved, I'm meaning approved from the point of view of the company's phones who they were selling. Because you didn't go through company channels, approved channels, then like, well, we're going to punish you for it as the end user. Boy, that's no way to get um, customer loyalty, is it? Yes. Um, so again, I argue very strongly, and I'll keep Nasty doing this boys. to the cows come home. That you know, ownership with this sort of stuff is an illusion. Yeah, and that um, and that says it all. Okay, um, what's been going on in Australia? I believe there's some, it sounds like a scam, actually, but it's a government scam that, um, what, smart TV manufacturers have to preferentially load approved broadcasters or um, news outlets or whatever on smart TVs in Australia. Is that true? So the um, the ABC and the SBS um uh, uh, because of government uh, endorsement, shall we say, um, could soon be boosted ahead of all the other Australian commercial media. Oh, boosted, um, boosted. Yeah, not not uh, not the vaccine type boosted, but uh, pushed ahead of. You know, showing well, up the ones the telling you the to, list. They, they yeah. were the the outlets telling you to do that. Yes. Okay, so if you dialed up a menu, they would be at the top. At the top. Yeah, so and, that's and... that's what you'd see first. And what's the reasoning for that? Uh, uh, that's a, a good idea. Uh, sorry, a good question. Um, government propaganda control wanting you to believe certain things, and if if the uh, you have an app on your TV that takes you to media from these approved um, outlets, then that's a way of them peddling information that they want you to believe. Because Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Lazy Citizen will just mm. sit there on the couch and go, oh, I'll go to that one and not it's, think anything of it, right? That's really what they're, they're thinking. Yeah, it's kind of like product placement, you know, when uh, the supermarket or whatever and they, they put the candy bars up up near the till because yeah. that's the that's the last minute impulse purchase. It's like I wonder why I always like that one. <laughs> okay, well that I can't the believe they think face. they can they can get away with that. Well, the thing the best thing to do is complain about it. Yeah, but just the principle of it. Oh yeah, the fact that they're trying to do it in the first place is it's is it's what? It's a head scratching. It's a WTF yeah. incident. Not a WEF, but a WTF. Okay. And um, who's the broadcasting minister? Uh, she is Michelle Rowland. Mummy knows best. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, from Labour. Oh, yeah, they always know best. Thankfully, we've, we've dropped kicked our, our bunch out <laughs> of the field for a while. Yes, until they um, have another go. Until they slime their way back in. Yes. Okay, well, maybe that won't happen here, but, geez, if I was an Aussie consumer, I'd be going nuts about that, but they won't. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, there is the usual pushback. Um, there's an, an, an advertisement that reads, don't let the government tell you what to watch or limit your search results. You wouldn't allow it on your phone. It's your TV. It's your living room. The voice should be yours. The voice, don't say the voice. Um, I wonder <laughs> well, if you if they should be going to the TV manufacturer and say, if you do this, we're, we're not going to buy your TVs. We're going to boycott your TVs. Yeah, or you plug in something to the TV that you can control. Yeah, but Mr. and Mrs. Average on the couch, after a hard day's work in the continent of Australia, they won't know how to do that. Well, those people you just referred to are just going to suck it up and watch whatever they get told to watch. Well, they're already doing that, actually, quite frankly. Yeah. And who who, who, has, a t- <laughs> who has a TV these days? I mean, I don't have a TV. Do you have a TV? I've got my my. Oh, that's two, right. Yeah, that, two thousand and eleven yeah, non-smart TV. Yeah, but just the thought of sitting down and watching TV like we all used to do is just so. Well, it's so far away for me now. I've got to say, there's too many other things going on in life to sit down and do that. And it's all crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, it's just absolute crap. Sorry, I hope you're listening. Sorry, not sorry. Well, obviously, you haven't been watching enough Night Rider to make a statement like that. Well, that was good back in the day. I mean, there was a there was an era when television was good. There was. Well, that's because back in that day, every stunt you ever saw, they actually had to do because there wasn't a computer doing it. Everything yeah. you saw them do was done for real. And, you know, <clears throat> Celebrity Treasure Island, come dancing. Oh, Ugh. good grief. Oh dear. All right. Um, have we left anything out of that list of things to I follow think we up? Oh no, there's one other thing. Okay. Oh yes. Uh, if these sex toys that that communicate on what? Online somehow back to base. Do we know anything more about that and how and how that works? So after we talked um last time. I remembered a particular scene from uh, what was that show? Uh, Big Bang Theory, and oh, yeah. uh, Raj and Howard are trying out this thing in a lab, and basically you you put your mouth on it as if you were kissing a person, and the person has that has another one of these. They feel the sensation in their um, uh, in their I mouth. I get it now. I get it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. So if if uh, your significant other is going away f- for business or whatever, then you have you devices can keep in like touch. this. You can you... keep in touch. <laughs> Quite literally. So as one person's operating the equipment, the other person somewhere else in the world is uh, on the receiving end of that uh, stimulus. Hi, honey. <laughs> Does that tickle? Of course it works that way. We should, <laughs> we should, I should have worked that out when, you, when we talked about it first time. Yeah, yeah. Because I here am I thinking they're sending like what body temperature and heart rates and everything, you know, back to some central monitoring place. Of course not. Yeah, you'd have to All have right. compatible devices, though, wouldn't you? You couldn't, you, you know, that would have to do roughly the same thing. 
Well, I'm sure they sell it as a set. <laughs> a his and hers, a his and hers, a hers and hers, a they and they, and a net and a net and a net. All right, well, that clears that up. Let's get on to the main subject. What's our main subject today? So um, keyboard apps or virtual keyboards that people have on their phone and the privacy implications thereof, which is uh, quite an important thing to keep in mind the next time you are using your phone. Um, Because, you know, when you type an email or a a text, you know, a virtual keyboard pops up um, on the screen and unless you've installed something extra, it's usually the default one that is um, supplied by the operating system. So how would I get that up? I've never done that on my desktop. How would I get that up on the desktop? Well, you use a physical keyboard. Oh, your, okay. So we're talking on phones here. Oh, phones. I, mean, I got you. You're right, right. So you, you still can use a virtual keyboard on a laptop or desktop machine, but normally you've got a physical one to, to No, use I have got screen. a physical one, but um, I've seen people – but I'd have to have a touch screen then too, wouldn't I? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, or you use the mouse and you click on the letters. On, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can use a mouse but not a keyboard because maybe you've got a physical disability, then you might do that. Does a physical disability include can't be bothered? <laughs> Perhaps. Though I'd have to use the mouse. Okay, so I can imagine on the phone, sounds like a simple, convenient thing. So there wouldn't be that much more to it, would there? Um. Yeah, nah. So um, you might want to install other keyboards um, outside of the default one, um, and even some applications have got their own keyboard built in that's not the default one the operating system on your phone has, which is fine for certain applications, like if you've got a banking app that has its own keyboard and they want to improve privacy by just keeping absolutely everything contained um you might even use something that uh say a music application and and the keyboard is in notes rather than the normal letters oh okay yeah, yeah so so there's legitimate reasons why you might want to pick something else but um a lot of people install an extra keyboard on their on their phone because it might extra it offer extra functionality that the default one doesn't have so, like, um, you might get access to extra emojis or maybe you can do uh, swipey things. So instead of just typing on each individual letter, there are keyboards where you can you, you tap on the first letter and you drag your finger around the keyboard and it works out based upon how you drag your finger, what letters you're actually selecting, based upon the direction you're moving when you pause between letters. So you can just keep your finger on the screen and, and buzz around and, Extra cool things um, like that, and maybe sounds like you'd have to practice that to get that one right. No, it's it's fairly intuitive. It's not too bad at all. Okay. Yep. Um, other things you might want, like say uh, you are bilingual or even multilingual, and you want support for typing in other languages, and English just isn't going to cut it, and you want to do something else, then you might Russians. install. Yeah, Russian. You might want to install a keyboard that's got that kind of capability, but. With all these fancy add-ons, there is a massive trust issue here. Trust applies to not only this, but all the software that you ever use. Um, And you need to wonder or ask yourself, is your keyboard doing the dirty on you behind the scenes? (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, if you think of all the things you ever type um, on your phone, right, on a keyboard, so you're typing in a username, an email address, maybe a oh, password. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Sending an email to Aunt Daisy thanking her for the underwear she bought you for your birthday, that kind of thing. The toy. The the toy and hope she doesn't have the other the other the, the, network the matching pair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you could be transmitting all your details. Quite likely, yes. So there have been some third party keyboard applications that have been quite popular, but they've had data breaches be, um because the permissions of these um, virtual keyboards, the third-party applications that people install, can have a whole bunch of application, uh, sorry, permissions, and even trackers that are just way, way too, too much. I mean, it's a keyboard. Yeah. It shouldn't. It should never ask for permission for your location. It should never ask permission to. Um, Whip through your contact list or any accounts, or your images, or your images um, yeah. storage, which which Google's Gboard keyboard um, uh, does do. Um, Apple's keyboard is is, is not great, um, and I'm talking about the default ones. Apple does say on in their documentation that they do collect a whole bunch of stuff. They like to analyze um, common emojis that people are using, words that are you know trending and everyday. Life that kind of well, stuff. like the and and. <laughs> I think they've always been changing those ones, um, but they they Apple try to use a thing called differential privacy, and that is when your phone adds random noise in with the intention of trying to obfuscate personal information that pertains to you only. Right. So um, the other word for this is having an epsilon score, and. Various academics and experts in their view think that an epsilon score of one or less than one is good, and anything above that is really bad. Um, Wired magazine in 2017 um, reported that Apple scored 14. Okay, so one, it's emergency, emergency, one and above, and they're at 14. And they're at 14. So whether or not they've, like fixed, they've fixed that since that report came out in 2017, I'm not too sure. But um, if you do still have an iPhone, turn off the iPhone analytics. You should find that somewhere in the menu. Okay. What about uh, I've got a Samsung phone. It has a default keyboard for texting and everything else. Um, do we know where they they score? Do we? Do we know where they score? Samsung do have their own uh, keyboard. They don't use the Google one at all. Um, yep. I'm not too sure on what it phones home with, but um, you might want to consider using uh, different keyboards. that are third-party ones, which are free open source, which um, won't do the duty on you. Um, there's three that come to mind. There's one called um, AnySoft Keyboard. There's another one called OpenBoard. And another one called Simple Keyboard. Yep. It, um, you can get all of these out of um, either F-Droid Store or out of Aurora. And for anyone I've ever done a de-Google phone for, that stuff's there by default, the um, Aurora Store and F-Droid. And then um, the great thing with um, using the Aurora Store is that 
for every application, Aurora tells you um, the Exodus report for for any app at all. So a lot of these virtual keyboards, these additional ones, um, have trackers built into them or ask for additional permissions that they really don't need, you know, access to contact lists and all those other stuff that we talked about before. So that's a good way of finding out how bad uh, something really is. Yeah, okay. Jesus, everything has a fishhook these days. Everything, doesn't it? That's why the capacity for critical thinking has never been more important. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> There's a few out there. Well, I think more and more, more people are... Well, if they're listening to us, they, they are aware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's 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 mainly laptops and phone devices. That that no, we're we're talking about phones only here. Phones, sorry, phones only. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So the the keyboards that pop up there. So yep. there have been there have been um, some virtual, sorry, some third party keyboard apps for phones, which have had some pretty significant data breaches. There was a popular one called AI Type. So in late 2017, um, there were 31 million users where leaked um, personal data got out there in the interweb simply because somebody at the company made a rookie mistake and didn't stick a password on a database. Oh. That's like leaving the lid off the cookie jar. That's a rookie mistake, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, leaving the... Who left the... I wonder who left the lid off the cookie jar. And why are the cookies all stale now? Yeah, or, or gone. So th- that particular data breach involved about, I think it was over 577 gigabytes of data, oh, which include people's names, email addresses, all the usual stuff. Yeah, because when you say 500 and whatever gigabytes, okay, Um if that's images and movies and all of that, it, it, you know, you can fill up that sort of space. Yeah. But we're talking gigabytes, that many gigabytes of just basic data, right? Yes. So that, that translates to millions and millions of items. Yes. Billions of items. 31 million. In 31 this case. million, yeah. But then everything within that too, all the data within yep. Within that. So that that's that's a an S-load for sure. So this is also when you need to consider when you're being asked for personal information, where's it going to go? Who gets to look at it? Who's got permissions to look at it? It's so they can help you, Stephen. I don't need that kind of help. (laughs) And life life becomes more convenient. And if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about. Oh, don't get me started on that. People still say that. I know, they do. They do. Yeah, I think they need a um, cognitive recalibration there. Reboot. <laughs> Clip around the head. Okay, so if you have um, a um, one of those keyboards that you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, you'd have to set that up on your phone so that is the default keyboard. Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. So if you have other keyboards installed, you know, by default you get the one the operating system on the yeah. phone comes with, but you can, when you install one, it, um, it often says, well, do you want me to be the default now? Um, and if it doesn't ask, then you can still go through your settings and search for keyboard and 
find something um, yep. and, and then switch to using that. And an, another um, popular keyboard app, which uh, had issues, um, Android Authority uh, website reported in 2016 that uh, SwiftKey, after it got acquired by Microsoft, users noticed that the keyboard was suggesting private email addresses to other people. So if you're there busy typing a message and it's trying to do predictive text, you know, trying to anticipate either completing the spelling of the word you are currently uh, typing or the word you're going to type after that, and it starts popping up an email address that you know is not yours, doesn't belong to anyone else in your contact list, then what's going well, on yeah, there? what is going on there, yeah. Um, so it, it's communicating, it's pulling that predictive item from somewhere else. Yeah, but the um, so something got royally messed up when Microsoft acquired it. And so the data that sort of belonged to you didn't really belong to you because it belonged to everyone. Okay, <laughs> right. So it so it SwiftKey's got like a few um, three or so trackers in it, and it does have excessive permissions, which include your location. The keyboard doesn't need to know where you are. Yeah, but uh, they Either. do. Yeah, they do. But a keyboard should not. So that's a no. red flag. So when you're reviewing permissions. If anything asks for things that are above and beyond that is reasonable, given what the keyboard does. I mean, if a keyboard asks for permissions to your microphone, you might think, well, that's weird. Yeah. But at the same time, if the keyboard has speech to text, so you can talk to your phone and it converts it to words, then that would be reasonable. Yeah, you've just, you've just got to think about every every option. Yes. And I just course, go, oh, that'll okay, we'll just make it all, all all of them then. Yeah, don't install it mindlessly. Pay attention to what you're doing. Another another yeah. virtual keyboard um uh popular with the Chinese community was called Sogo. So uh, earlier this year, Citizen Labs in Canada um did an analysis on this app and discovered that it sent out all keystrokes that people do um, that they type while they're actively typing it. Oh, so in real time, it's going somewhere. Uh-huh. And the encryption that they used um, when this information was being sent to the back end, the encryption was so uh, flawed, the data could be intercepted in transit, and this affected hundreds of millions of users so you've got some government. How many people did they have working in that uh, cyber thing? Was Citizen, Citizen Labs. I'm not too sure how many people work there. No, but the the Chinese had a, uh, I think, a division where there were tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of people kind of uh, looking out for yeah, data that could uh, be saying the wrong thing about certain yeah, political, um, uh, monolithic political parties. And, you know... If it's coming out in real time, yeah, actual real people watching that, depending on who yeah. you are. Yes, there was a point in time where it was estimated there were 30,000 people in China whose sole job was monitoring the internet. That's for it. The, for the purposes that you were just describing. Oh, dear. Yeah, it would be frustrating, though, if you're at the other end doing that, with having a bad speller. <laughs> just relentlessly, <laughs> relentlessly trying to spell the same word over, like, give me a break. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you just like, oh, I'll just auto correct this for them and just yeah, yeah, reach, yeah. Yeah. reach into their the device. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the phone knew. Yeah. Oh, I like this phone. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's a um, timely reminder, I think. If you're using a degoogled phone, then you're onto a win here because the a degoogled phone uses the Android open source project keyboard, which is it's no frills. Yeah, you get some of your predictive texts and other predictive words and all that kind of stuff. Um, but because there's no connection to Google, then you don't have to worry about your keystrokes ending up somewhere else. And given that, um, I mean, that's super important because you don't want um, tap jacking to um, interfere. Um, tap jacking is a thing where um, a rogue application installs and hovers um, other icons or things above what you can see so that you think you're looking at the... Um, oh, the, really? the official icon for something and you tap on it and then you start typing away thinking you're using the proper application, but something is, is, um, gosh, that's sneaky, aren't they? It's so sneaky. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You just reminded me when we were young, we used to tap the phones. Do you remember the phone tapping? Yeah. It used to like, um, subtract 10 from the number you wanted to dial from, from each digit. I think, yeah. Um, gosh, I'm going back a long way, and I don't, I don't want the post office visiting me, even though it's all these years later. But if I remember rightly, if let's say your number was eight six four or something, you reverse it so two, four, yes, uh, and, you know, and and it and it got through. It got yep. through. Yeah, yeah. Those were the days. Those were the days. And Endless free calls. I discovered another one too that if in the house, if you had more than one telephone you could use it as a simple intercom. You'd pick up your handset and you'd dial 137 and hang up, which would make all the phones in the house ring. Oh, okay. Didn't so someone, out, someone else in the house, oh, the phone's ringing. And it would also ring differently. So you know how the bells would, would go ring, ring, pause, ring, ring, pause. Well, this would make the bells just go hard out, ring like a like a um uh, fire alarm. Fire, yeah, like a fire alarm, just go nuts and go hard out. And so someone else on the other end of the house would pick it up and go hello. And then when it stopped ringing, you knew that someone else had picked it up. So and then you pick, you'd up, your pick one. it up. Yeah, and go, yeah, hey, I could do with a sandwich, please. Yeah, yeah where's my like dinner? Yeah, or whatever. Could you bring the paper in, please? Yeah. My, you know that beer I put in the fridge? I think it should be cold now. Yeah, hurry up. <laughs> I didn't know that one. That's a new one on me. Yeah, that um, that worked on the pole style uh, phones when you'd hear it go click click click. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 the circular ones, but the click 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 before um, we ended up doing um, uh, tone dialing. I was watching, um, uh, I I think it was an interview with someone. Anyway, it was at a radio station, and they had a whole bank of old phones behind them. I thought, God, they look old. Mm. Yeah, you know, it used to be the norm. Yeah, and even the push button ones look so old. Yeah, they do, don't they? Some of the designs are a bit, uh, you know, Retro? They got, they, yeah, they got a little sort of um, futuristic sort of looking towards the end there with like something out of a sci-fi movie, you know. Anyway. Yes. I, I'm not saying bring them back, but they were good old days. 
they were good old days. So okay. yes, when you're looking at virtual keyboards, um, think very carefully about the permissions you are allowing. Okay. And, and for and, people to find out more about those, so, remind us. Um, yep. So if you're on Apple, um, you're a little bit stuffed, um, but you, you might want to just turn off phone analytics. You could, for both an iPhone and an Android phone, plug in via the um, USB port a physical keyboard, massive yeah. big physical keyboard, and you could, if you felt like carrying one or one of those around, you got a backpack. Yep, you got a backpack. Um, but if you're, you're using Android, um, then you could use any soft keyboard, open board, or simple keyboard. Or if you've got a degoogled phone, then you could just use the default Android open source um, keyboard that comes there by default. All right, are we done? I think that's it for another Tuesday. Okay, that was interesting. Glad we got to the bottom of the of the toys. Yeah, so shop-wise. No, no, I don't know why I missed that back then. I, I should have worked that one out. Yeah. Uh, I have no experience with these things. Same, which is why it took me so long to work it out. Yeah, I had to do some research. <laughs> all right, um, Stephen Sykes, Tech Tuesday for another Tuesday. We'll do it all again in a week. Stephen, thanks. You're welcome. See you later. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.